Dan and Corey here, welcoming you into LibServant. The great fundamental issue now before our people. Seriously? <laughs> it's New Year's. It's it's like this is the version of this song that would be played if the world were coming to an end. Like this would have been fine last year. It's the, it's, it's yeah. This is the funeral for 2022. <laughs> oh man. Oh fuck! Now I gotta fade it out because this seems like eight minutes long. <laughs> All the glory. All the glory be to the pipes. Look at this nice slow fade. It's slow as shit. Oh, well, fuck me, man. <laughs> I could fade it all out nice and slow, and then as soon as you let go, it's where it puts it. This is, that's why Corey and I flunked out of radio school. We couldn't post well, up anything. The problem is, actually, that first post was nice after the intro. The problem is, they we did it, Flunk. We passed, you know, but they were just giving anyone scholarships to the point that their school went under. Yeah, it's true. It's fantastic. Beautiful well, times. That's Dan Griffin. And that's Corey Walsh. It's our final show of 2022. We're not going to really talk any news tonight. Um, because honestly, we haven't really been paying that much attention. We're no, doing what everybody else does. Bars. Yeah, doing what everybody else does around the holidays, hanging out with family and, you know, kind of trying to sneak away from all of the, the cultural and political madness. New sure. drugs. Lots of drugs. Uh, mostly booze for me. Uh, but yeah, and then we have, you know, we got Michigan playing football on, on New Year's Eve we, that we have to prepare ourselves mentally for. Go blue. We're dressed in our garb. Somebody actually told me the other day that uh, when I wear this beanie, I look like Bizarro Tim Pool. <laughs> <laughs> What's under the hat, sir? It's like like blonde, like because I'm blonde and I'm also wearing like a really festive beanie, and I also you know look like I've uh, had sex and smiled once before in my life. So that would that's why I would be Bizarro Tim Pool because I don't know if he's ever done either. Hat is my identity. <laughs> There's people coming after me, and I have to hide my identity. He's fucking like- bald under that thing, which again is what also makes me Bizarro Tim Pool. I have a nice full fluffy head of hair. So look at that. Put that hat back on. If anybody's <laughs> it's me teasing. wearing this Michigan beanie. Uh, anyway, Corey, I don't know where you wanted to start tonight. What have you? Uh, well, what have you been up to? I'll over start this season by and- saying Libservative Podcast is found on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is libservativeshow.com. We can be found on Libservative. We're found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter at Libservative Pod. And you can find our monologues at Libservative Podcast at WordPress.com. Our TikTok videos can be found on Libservative Podcast, and you can reach out directly at libservativepod at gmail.com. Subscribe today! Do subscribe today. 
Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. That's one of the all things. we ask people to do is just to fucking subscribe. That's going to be one of the things we uh, we update in the new year is that whole spiel that Corey just gave because there's probably some old shit in there that doesn't really apply anymore. <laughs> yeah, we don't really do monologues anymore. Yeah, it was just getting to be too much. We're trying to, we were trying to be, we we're trying to be bigger than our britches would allow us to be. <laughs> just get a little, get a little too. Uh, yeah, I, was, I can't think of another term versus big for our britches 2022 reflection season Corey. we don't know how long this episode's gonna go because again we don't have any like real topics to talk about we're just having a nice self-reflection uh as far as the show goes what did what didn't we cover enough in 2022 let's reflect on that first okay take a deep you want to go first no. Well, actually, well, what you drink and what you watch and what you consume. And I am drinking. I'm drinking a New Year's. Uh, it's a celebration, right? I'm I'm drinking the booziest the booziest cocktail available, which is the uh, <laughs> the, Long, the Long Island iced tea <laughs> with it with it a, a ridiculously long straw for absolutely no reason. I don't know why I always do that to myself because I always end up punching myself in the front teeth with it. I'm re- I'm gonna chip my shit here in a second. It looks like Corey's showing the camera what he's drinking. He's showing off his Eagle Rare. I finally found some. And for all the listeners who've been listening for a while, they know that I've been looking for this shit for a long time. And then I was in a and I was in a uh, fucking store the other day. I'm way to your place to go play some pool, and I saw a bottle. And it was probably way overpriced, but I took it. As long as it wasn't overpriced to satisfy your soul. That's all that matters. Now, Corey, and Coron- Coronada, I apologize for absolutely butchering your name. Uh, she just shared a link to that one Andrew Tate guy that was arrested in Romania. I don't really know who he is. You know Andrew Tate? He's like he's he's, he's supposed to be like the poster child for toxic masculinity. Essentially, yeah, well, he just just got busted for fucking tra- child sex trafficking or something like that. I read for some reason that seems to track. <laughs> it just yeah. seems like something that Andrew Tate would get busted for. Yeah, classic Andrew Tate well, diddling mean, kids. What the guy does basically is he he does this thing about like uh, you know you have to be a basically you have to be a, a hard badass all the time or you're you know a, a soy boy or whatever. I don't know exactly what he's. I don't pay attention to his like actual rhetoric, but I just you know kinda, it's funny you say that. I just kind of know the basics. Yeah. But what he does is he has all this money and he just pays these chicks. I know it. That's what he does. He probably just pays these chicks to hang around him. And probably what he ended up doing was was finding a chick that was underage and didn't didn't check the credentials. Always got to check the ID. Got to check the credentials. Credentials. Are key. It's funny actually talking about the toxic masculinity thing. I was just list- I was just with a buddy and uh, I was over at his wood shop. And we were just drinking some bourbon and smoking some cigars, and uh, we were talking about uh, like. Toxic masculinity, like the topic actually came up. And Is that how, something like, we didn't cover enough in 2022? Was toxic masculinity? Oh, I don't know. Well, I mean, I guess like, so we just, we were just talking about like defining it, you know, like we we're kind of talking about how like things like going out and hunting and playing in the mud and fishing and all these different things sometimes get attributed to toxic masculinity when they really shouldn't. That's just things that, you know, stereotypically guys enjoy more than women, but there's a lot of women that do it too. And we are talking about how just things fall under an umbrella that aren't that are that are masculine, but they're not toxic. And then we are going on and talking about how he had a buddy who lost a thumb running a table saw, and so he was making push bars for the table saw. 
And he goes, you know, and someone might say, oh, that's just, that's for a wuss. I use my hands or whatever. <laughs> and then he goes, but it's safe. And I said, and that's toxic masculinity. <laughs> like that right there. <laughs> Making someone trying to feel like a pussy for just being safe. <laughs> Safety for a, pussies. Yeah, I think that's a safe thing to describe as toxic masculinity versus just going out and field dressing a deer in the woods. No, everything. Just having a dick is toxic masculinity, Corey. You should know this by now. Just, oh, yeah, just, just ask Twitter. <laughs> Dude, we should just having a dick. Subscribe well, that's, that's like, to that's toxic what people, masculinity. That's what, don't, that's what people don't realize. Like, you, want a, you want a term for a talk? You, you want to know what toxic masculinity actually is? It's just being an asshole. Like that's that's what toxic masculinity Yeah, that's kind of what I said too. I was like, yeah, like but that's that's not uh inherently a masculine trait. Being an asshole is just being an asshole. It already has its own term. Why does that have to be faceted to something else? I don't know, because men are men are just biologically more violent. Because the woke culture, it's goddamn wokies. We're biologically more violent. Uh, that that stuff that that's going to be under the stuff we covered maybe too much in twenty two twenty two, but stuff we didn't cover enough in twenty twenty two. I don't know. I guess I'll go first. Uh, I was going to go with more you know geopolitical stuff because I think we got we got so caught up in like culture war stuff and like it was all stuff that was like sort of important but we probably shouldn't have spent entire episodes on like we did in the american vacuum it was important yeah but it's like because we would always sit there and say things like uh you know whatever the whatever the culture war uh discussion of the day is is a distraction from all of these other things that are actually happening around the world that are much more important. And when then we, I don't think we did a good enough job of actually, you know, delving into those things. Um, yeah. And the geopolitical stuff is actually a pretty good example. Yeah. As far as like, uh, I don't know, you know, the China Taiwan situation, uh, just basic, basic human atrocities that happen are happening all over the globe. Uh, I've been spending quite a bit of time and it was actually because I listened to that Sid Hearth episode of, uh, of Joe Rogan the other day. Um, the you know the cobalt situation in the Congo like I'm I'm really interested in that now because it's a situation in which like we're all basically partaking in slave labor at this point because there's cobalt in every rechargeable battery that there is out there if if it has a rechargeable battery there's cobalt in it that probably came you know from a mine that was uh, uh, that wasn't once in the hands of an eight year old baby boy yeah or or a, or a mom that was holding a a baby on her back while she's chipping cobalt off the side of the wall. And Using so like tin cups, yeah. These are things these are things that aren't aren't covered enough because we all kind of need it. So you're not going to get it from the mainstream media, right? Because they need those rechargeable right. batteries as much as you need the rechargeable batteries. So we just kind of we have this We're really weird we have this really weird ego where it's like, "Ah, it's okay. It's over there and we need it." Ah, NIMBY. Yeah, not, not in my, my backyard. backyard. Um so I think more we needed to cover more of of that kind of stuff. And to be honest with you, I don't think we really spent enough time on the um the nuances of what's going on in Ukraine, right? Like we did spend a lot of time on like, you know, the typical, uh, uh, um, I guess American anti-war standpoint of like, Hey, why are we sending all this money to Ukraine? We have all these homeless people, but I don't think we spent enough time on the nuances of the fact that like, Hey, uh, Ukraine's just, you know, they're, they're fending off uh, an invader. You know, we spent right. we spent a lot of time on um, 
how culpable the West was with, right. with starting this. Yeah, war. we were we were pissed off because like we saw the writing on the walls that led up to it, where it's like, how the fuck did we let this happen? Yeah, and I think that got to us to a point where we didn't really spend enough time on the nuances of like uh a sovereign country being invaded. Being right, being invaded. And it's like you can you can sit there and you can call Zelensky a puppet, and I think in a lot of ways he is. You know, a lot of, in a lot of ways, he's just doing what the West tells him to do. But at the same time, he is still a, a guy that is trying to fend off an invasion, like trying he, to keep his country in existence. Both things can be true, right? We talk about that all the time. Like more than one thing can be true that's that seems uh, counterintuitive, but you know, n- none of these things are created in a vacuum. Um, so. Yeah, I think we that's one thing we, we we missed out on a little bit is is more like the Ukraine angle and Ukraine's um I guess needs to stay in this war. And I think the reason why we did that is because we we knew that this war didn't need to go on here now for almost a year. Oh, well, we also both got it wrong because we didn't think it was gonna happen. We did not think it was gonna happen. We didn't think Putin was actually gonna and That's one thing we got wrong this year. Yeah, we certainly did. And um Yeah, I don't know. I it's it's not not enough coverage of uh major geopolitical events and it, particularly right. particularly atrocities that aren't really talked about nearly enough because I think right. that's one of the things we we should Another example about. would be uh, you know, like uh I was just talking to someone today about it. Um uh, the fucking solar panels. Yeah. They're great, you know. They you know that's a, a technically a renewable energy, but Going back to child slave labor, all those chemicals that they use in those solar panels is dug up by kids in mines. You know what I mean? Like, we're talking over here, like, over here, the finished product comes to us in this nice package. You know, we're like, all right, we're going to save the planet. Yeah. But I guess at the expense of just poor brown kids in another country. And assembled uh, assembled by slave labor. Yeah. You know, the, the Uyghurs are something, you know, that you always hear like in passing, right? You always hear like a like a brush over description of what the Uyghurs are in China. Yeah. Um, so for the people that don't know, they're a minority group that's they practice Islam. And uh in China that's kind of almost like a no no. And so there's this group of people and I think they're like in the mountains, like in real rural areas, but they're all being put in camps. To like basically what America did to the Native Americans, like re like reprogramming camps. Well, and the interesting part is like I did a little something bit, they don't like. I did like a kind of a I wouldn't say I wouldn't call it a deep dive, but like a medium shallow dive into like what the Uyghur religion, flop. You know, what what the Uyghur religion actually is, and the interesting nuance about it is that it's it's actually considered in like the the, the grand scheme of Islam to be almost like a cultish kind of version of islam which i found interesting i mean that doesn't mean they should be put in slave camps and or or whatever but like i get i guess their particular version of islam from what i've gathered and somebody who's an expert on this can correct me if i'm wrong but like it's it's sort of like almost viewed down almost looked down upon even in like the grand scheme of of islam but you know then you also have two major factions of Islam that have been at war with each other for you know, the past the thousand years anyway. So can you really, uh, can you really take any of that seriously? Who knows? That's an interesting, yeah. interesting little nuance about the Uyghur faith, because we always talk about, you know, when we do talk about it, we talk about the atrocities of the, 
Chinese government and what they do to these people, but we never actually get into like who are these people. Yeah, maybe who are you people? Maybe that's something we can cover a little bit more uh, in 2023. Like really take a deep dive into who the Uyghurs are, what they do, what they're about, and um, put, actually put a face to this you know slave encampment that is just kind of glossed over throughout the mainstream media most of the time. Anyway, that and then one that I had was uh, well, actually. The Ukraine thing, I was actually reading about that today. I guess uh, missile fragments and it landed in Belarus and they're blaming the Ukrainians and the Ukrainians are thinking it's a false flag from Russia. So there's a little bit of an escalation happening, which is something you could say about that war every single day. And then uh, I guess the ruble in Russia is like just depreciating like crazy because oil prices are going down. So they're losing their funding basically coupled with the fact that we're coming down hard and I ran for getting rid of, uh, or like trying to stop them from sending drones to Russia and the Iranian protests are going pretty well. They're still going on. Iran's trying to say they're not, but they are. And I guess that's, Kind of cool. I don't know. Good for them. <laughs> Fighting for freedom. Awesome news, bro. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you read our news. You read our news. They all fucked up, including AP saying that oh, Iran got rid of their uh, morality police when there was no evidence <laughs> of it. They just caught whiff of it. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> um, another thing I think that we didn't talk about enough was uh, the labor movement. We tried. <laughs> we tried. We tried. I was just waiting for you to say we something. Got, no, we got so we got so distracted with um, stuff that I think was was kind of overcovered and like feeling the need to, you know, kind of say our Almost piece hop on, it. on that bandwagon and have our two pieces. Yeah, when when nobody really needed to hear it. <laughs> right. So we we struggled a little bit with that in 2022. So. Uh, a little bit of self-reflection there. So I guess we can talk about, you know, kind of what we covered too much in 2022. Well, I was also going to say we didn't this. cover enough and uh, science. And then I have a couple lists of different things that happened. What did we not cover enough from the this? I, I know, you know, we, we, you know what? You say we didn't cover science enough, but my God, Corey, we talked about science a lot. I guess we did. I'm talking, Maybe we just didn't get enough no, of these no, stories. No, 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 I'm talking about the science, Corey. The science. Oh, Fauci. <laughs> we covered right, the we science quite often on this show. Like, I mean, like, I don't. Did we talk about the uh, the Dart system from NASA? They sent out that missile to hit that that uh, me- meteor. Yeah, but how do we make that uh, a topic that makes people hate each other? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why we didn't cover it. <laughs> but no, that's actually a big deal. They sent out a fucking thing that hit ran into a 500 foot wide asteroid and knocked it off its trajectory it was never going to hit the hit the uh the globe but it's science that we have now that like if something's hurling towards earth we might actually have a fighting chance against so the missile was called united states government from what i understand and the asteroid was called human rights sounds about right is that right i think i got that right that's what they named both things uh, I don't know what the acronym for DART would work with that, but it's just a really stupid joke. <laughs> das Americans. <laughs> so it's a German. It's raping. 
It's, it's a German missile now. I don't know. Yeah, das Americans. Uh, I don't know. I was trying to. I was trying to riff off of your shitty joke, Dan. It was a really bad joke. I'm ashamed. Of, I'm actually ashamed of myself. <laughs> there was a bunch of cities in the Amazon discovered, which is kind of cool. Yeah, People that like, lidar like, stuff. That was pretty interesting. Yeah. And then uh, we're about to go back to the moon. Um, to which everyone is still asking the question, why? <laughs> well, I was going to say it's it's interesting because, you know, like the, the, the end term goal is to put like. Yeah, it's supposed to be a, like a spring. Like it's that. supposed to be like a springboard to Mars or whatever. But, right. Well, here's another thing that I thought was interesting to go with it was uh, the first plants were grown in lunar soil. People had moon dust. And they put it in little petri dishes and grew plants in it. Wow! So like, a, so you could literally, if you have like a nice controlled environment on the moon, you can just go outside and grab some dirt, plop it in a pot, and grow some plants. Isn't it? Is it maybe like mostly made of nitrogen? Like, how does I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try and fight, figure out how that works. Yeah, you find that, and then uh, I'll go on to the next thing I was talking about: a rechargeable cyborg cockroach for search and rescue and shit like that. Like, they can now send little tiny robots into rubble to try to find people which is also going to definitely have negative aspects to it because i can now see the government using that to send in little tiny cockroaches into people's houses <laughs> that's just what you want right we thought birds weren't real They're not. now the cockroaches aren't real either and then just like all the research that we could have talked about that came from covid you know like we are now like science like we talked about that a little bit i guess actually i said one of the byproducts of covid was the fact that like there's been monumental leaps in like virology and microbial like microbiology and all that shit they're using ai to uh ai algorithms to find more antibiotics to help save people and yeah there's just a ton of shit just a ton of shit that we could have talked about Volcanic soil for uh, the the lunar soil, which apparently can be extremely fertile and loaded with nitrogen. So I guess that makes sense. Guess it makes complete sense. It makes sense. See, we could have talked about that and sounded like fucking geniuses. Yeah, but we have to get we have to stay on this bandwagon of making people hate each other, Corey. That's the whole point. That's of so twenty twenty two, Dan. <laughs> 2022 is over. The newest, the newest thing is 2023 is gonna be all about love. It's gonna be all about all about love, bro. It's gonna be all about dosing Nancy Pelosi with psychedelics somehow. But she's out of here. I mean, she's still she's gonna, gonna be gone in 2023. Yeah, she's still gonna be in Congress, but she's just not gonna be. No, isn't she retiring? No, maybe she is she officially retiring. I know she. I know she stepped down as like. I know she was gonna step down as as the head of. Uh, Head of the Democratic yeah. Party in, in I wonder the if House. she's actually retiring. But yeah, who, I mean, I'm gonna Google that. Who cares? <laughs> I do if she is. She's not gonna Geocracy. be the, she's not gonna be the House minority leader anymore. So I mean I guess that's a start. Even if that's all that's happening, that's the start of getting rid of the gerontocracy. Oh, she announced withdrawal but not retirement. Right, exactly. Yeah, she's not gonna Bummer. That's wanna, a shame. Makes me want to pour a little wild turkey. She's gonna stay till she dies. Why well, would you? Why would you retire when you have a cushy job like that? That makes you. There pull? you go, Dan. You get to look at her knockers for a couple more years. <laughs> you know what's funny about her tits? 
I really wonder what like what are her nipples like? What what are like what are those? Like the nipple to boob ratio? Because I think that's how you can tell if they're phony. Not just like not just like how they how they hang and how they're supported. They're all cockeyed. Yeah, they're just a little bit. You know, I, I mean, just I mean, if she's if a woman that age with that big of titties, looking has, like Steve, has Steve like, Buscemi from uh, Mr. Deeds, has like no. But if she has like these these like gorgeous silver dollar nipples, then you know, them, them some Frankenstein titties right there. Some Frankenstein titties. Now we have now I, now I have to know. That's what the guy who broke into her house should have been trying to figure out. Shouldn't have been like, where's Nancy? <laughs> where's Nancy? I got to know what them titties look like. That's probably what he was doing. That's what Let nobody knows. them cheeks, Nancy. That's what, no- <laughs> that's what nobody knows. So among stuff we didn't cover enough in 2022, Nancy was Pelosi's titties. <laughs> and that's toxic masculinity, yeah, Dan. Yeah, yeah. Michigan football. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what did we cover too much in 2022? I think this one's probably pretty obvious to most people who listen to our show. Yeah, we got drugged down in the dirt of the culture wars. You know, we were talking about different things like Elon Musk buying Twitter and shit like that, which the outcome of it was great. But like we would fall into the same fold as a lot of people who listen to the show and stuff and people who don't listen to the show of falling into the. uh, What's it called? Like, yeah, just into like the trenches of the culture war. The trans argument. The trans argument, the LGBTQ arguments. So I don't know. Like I'm just ready to leave that stuff well enough alone. There's well, enough people out there bitching about it and arguing about it and advocating for it. And I think, but I think as I reflect on 2022, as it pertains to the culture wars, particularly like the the uh, the trans and the you know gender diverse side of things, um, the more and more it's it's easy to see that everybody's losing their shit over it because I've, I've mentioned, you know, that 2016 through basically, I I guess you could say through today, you know, Trump derangement syndrome was a real thing, but I also think that woke derangement syndrome is a real thing. Um, You know, when you focus on, you know, little things that are put on TikTok or Twitter of these things that you could, you could say, particularly if you're, uh, cultural conservative that like they look really fucking disturbing, right? You got you know trans women out there that are like showing videos pretending to have periods now, and it's like to me that is just silly and and so so remarkably rare. Um, and then why is it even getting as much? Like just like, yeah, just like just leave the fucking guy, girl, or whatever alone. But meanwhile, there is there is the concern of of like just the basic statistics of like why are there so many more trans kids? Like three hundred, whatever it is. Th- what I don't even know what the number is. It's like three hundred percent more from like twenty fifteen to twenty twenty two, and I really listening to more, um, kind of. Uh, I guess you could say neutral psychologists on this thing. It really just appears to be that new thing that's like designed to piss your parents off for the most yeah, part. Yeah, the counterculture of today. And then you have like, yeah, it's, it's like the, like we talked about yesterday. It's like being, you know, being like a like a uh, 
a, a Nirvana fan or like a punk rocker back when we were in high school. You know, it's just Yacht like this thing. Scene. Yeah, you, I remember wearing girl pants and having the long hair over my eye and all that shit. Yeah, like you know, dyeing your hair, dyeing your hair black. Like this, this to me appears like that appears to be mostly what this is. But then you all, you have the conservative folks that like, you know, the people that listen to the Daily Wire every day that are that are caught up in the extreme end of that, which is also a real thing. Like you watched yeah. What Is a Woman, I watched What Is a Woman, uh, the Matt Walsh documentary. We both, I think. Uh, we had our reservations about it, but we also thought it was a, actually a pretty well done uh, documentary as far as like the infiltration of this woke ideology into uh, into you know universities and institutions. Um, but I still I still think that it's 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 this craze that will die down because right now it's it's almost like a way to be different for like the, the way kids have always behaved, right? It's just every you got to be everybody like. I would say our generation for sure, and even our parents' generation had those that well, your parents are a little older than mine, but I'll say my parents' generation who they're still in their you know mid fifties um still went to they went to high school in the eighties, so like I think even they had their little versions of this like rebellious side I think that's all this is right now. The concern is yeah, it was the satanic panic in the eighties, right yeah, and i under and I understand the concern because like what I hear from like the conservative side is they're like, well, yeah, but like when you were goth in 2003, you know, you didn't have people like encouraging you to get hormone replacement therapy and get your tits chopped off. Um, so like I get that concern, but I still think we're talking about um, a major minority. And I do like the fact that you're kind of starting to see more and more, um, you know, detransitioners that almost felt pressured into this coming out and telling their story and they're honestly exposing more and more of the crazier side of this because guess what? They get piled on by the trans community. And it's like, yeah. or, or I wouldn't even say it's the trans community, dude. It's, it's, it's normally just like with racism. It's normally like these normie suburban white people that have to feel like they're doing something or fighting for some sort of cause um, that, are, that pile on these people. And it's like, well, if anybody knows, it's them, right? If anybody right. knows, it's them. Um, and they're showing that like this stuff isn't reversible and hopefully more and more that becomes more and more mainstream. And I still think at the same time, we can have a healthy... Uh, I think parents can have a, a healthy way to allow their child to explore whatever feelings they're having, You know, whether they think they're you know trans or intergender or asexual or whatever it is. I think there's a healthy way to allow them to explore that without taking it overboard because again going back to you know the goth scene or the uh, grunge scene was really more popular let your hair grow back out yeah like they every they, we all grew out of it you know what i mean like there's some people that i went to high school with that still like wear the kurt cobain flannel and have long hair or whatever but they they grew they basically grew up and became hipsters essentially is what happened so yeah that's what all the seamsters did they turned into hipsters i mean look at me with the fucking beard and drinking craft beverages and just a dirty hipster, Dan. So culture wars, for sure. I think that's the big one. The big one I think we covered too much in 2022. I think we're Yeah, because, you know, we only get so much time on the air, and it just filled up too much space where we could have been talking about science, Dan. Yeah. And the other and one geopolitical was... Geopolitical atrocities. The other one was... Uh, the one that you came up with was just... just I, think, I think we spent way too much time pointing out hypocrisy. Because I, yeah. I, I would like to think that people that listen to our show... The reason they listen to our show is because they already know 
about the hypocrisy of liberals and conservatives and how horrible it is. And then the people that want to pretend like one side is worse than the other and go and say things like, if you think both parties are the same, you're not, you're, you're not smart. You're just ignorant or whatever the hell you want to, whatever stupid mimetic thing you want to post on Twitter. So we, I don't think we need to spend as much time in 2023 telling our listeners why Republicans are hypocritical or why Democrats are hypocritical or liberals or conservatives are hypocritical. Uh, we can, no, point, yeah, we can point it out, but I don't think we need to dive into it so much. Right. We don't need to, every time someone's a hypocrite, like, cause yeah, like anyone, especially if they're listening to our show, they know they're all hypocrites anyways. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we don't need to spend 20 minutes of an hour talking about the hypocrisy every single time. And I don't want to become, you know, unless it's relevant, obviously. Right, unless it's relevant. But the like, the last thing I want to do is become, you know, just a, a bunch of contrarians. Well, yeah, I mean, my my biggest example of somebody that I I still have a lot of respect for, but I think he's lost his way a little bit in in his podcast is a guy like Dave Smith. You know, he's he's you know libertarian Jesus. He's like the head of the Mises caucus. No, 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 that's Spike Cohen. Well, okay, he's Mises caucus Jesus. Can I say that? Okay, there you go. Yeah. Uh, so. And he, he, his entire show has just been about, you know, calling out trans stuff. Like, I mean, it's just like, just all the time. And he, he used to have such well thought out points. And I, and I think he still, for the most part, does. But every once in a while, he'll say something that I'll just be like, dude, there's a completely other side of that argument that you're absolutely. It's funny ignoring. you say that because mine, my example of that is Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard, yeah. Who, like, I still like to say I respect, but I feel like they lost their way. Where it's just like, oh, like, what are you doing, girl? Well, and it's like, like when, go ahead. Like when she would actually talk about real shit, it just seemed so much more thought provoking and like deep. But now it's just going to the culture war stuff, you know? Well, and I, think, I don't want to see our show turn into that type of shit. No, and and I think the reason that we're able to reflect on that a little bit in ways that people like Tulsi and, um, uh, uh, Dave Smith or, you know, even a Jordan Peterson um, is that like Jordan Peterson and Tulsi Gabbard have been victims of like this, this mob mentality where they've been basically they painted, have to double down almost. Yeah. They've been painted into this corner that, that maybe they weren't before, but it's almost like they're coming around to this mentality of like, well, if everybody thinks this is who I am, this is just who I'm going to be now. And like that's my big issue with Jordan Peterson. Like I never had an issue with Jordan Peterson when he was this guy that was, you know, hey, twelve steps, clean your room. You know what I mean? Um, uh, as as a voice for disaffected young males, I, I actually thought that Jordan Peterson at that time was, was a net good. He was a net positive. I, I don't think he's a net positive anymore because I think he's just been so twisted and warped by the attacks that he's taken that he's almost he's almost leaning into it and just it's just almost all again all culture war stuff joining all, the daily wire yeah join the daily wire and I, I thought that was a big mistake i told you yeah, i thought that too. was a big mistake uh, right at the beginning um maybe it wasn't i mean maybe he's maybe he's doing a good job uh can you know grifting off of fear-mongering like the rest of the Daily Wire does. And and the thing that's disappointing about all three of those guys, Ben Shapiro, Matt Walsh, and, they're smart and as shit. is, is they're, they're brilliant guys. They really are. They just, they have, they have completely lost their way with regards to actual, actual nuance. Um, and that's, that's really disappointing, uh, particularly for me with, with Jordan Peterson and, and, and a guy like Dave Smith. And I don't really know what happened with Dave Smith because I don't think he was really piled on 
uh, you know, any more than anybody else was. But um, this is the thing. This is the kind of thing that if we ever get to a point where we are piled on like that, I don't. I want to be able to reflect and never turn into what they are and continue right. to stick to. We have a decent little thing here, though. We do. We kind of like not just necessarily call balls and strikes and everything else, but like we try to keep each other in check to a point. Yeah. So, although some people, so, some people say we agree too much. I've heard that too. But you know what? That's another thing. Is like if Corey and I agree, we agree. We're not going to force a debate between ourselves. Right. Like, yeah, I'm not yeah. just going to like make up some argument as a, I mean I guess we we try to make up arguments to our own opinions and stuff like that but well we try to stuff we do off we, the air what we try to do is steal man an argument that we disagree with which is something that I don't think is done enough throughout society at all it's all about straw manning your opponent's argument it's never it's never about debating the actual topic at hand which is you know one of the things that People like the Daily Wire and PragerU, they use to their advantage when it comes to woke culture and woke ideology because the 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 arguments of woke culture are really fucking weak most of the time. I mean, when you really break them down to brass tacks. And that's why that's why people with brains are able to look at more conservative outlets right now and go, yeah, they they have they they kind of they kind of have the better point, even if you're not a conservative yourself. Which I'm not. I know you're not. Right. Um, I'm more of a, I guess, left leaning libertarian. I think you're kind of in the same boat. But I mean, we have some. Yeah, fundamentally libertarian. Uh, fiscally, I want to say not necessarily conservative, but it's like we could stretch these dollar bills a lot further. I have to do it at home. This government with ample amounts of money should be able to do the same thing. And then, uh, like, class, I'm very left leaning with the class. You know, workers' rights. You know, I'm secretary of state. Dirty red? What are you, a red? Oh, no, no. no. Well, I mean, no. (laughs) Well, I mean, maybe. (laughs) I think the workers, no, that's my thing. It's like the working class definitely needs to be able to organize and fight for their own rights. But I think the government needs to get out of the way to let them do that, which is like a very libertarian thing. And yeah, it's just, if you took buckshot, actually birdshot, and shout it at a target, like from 20, 30 feet away, and you just see a bunch of random dots all over the target. Like, that's <laughs> my political leaning. It's like, oh, a little bit over here, a little bit down here, some over well, here, some over here. I mean, that's that's just it, right? As far as, um, you know, fiscal policy, it's it's so interesting how everybody thinks they have it figured out to like this little box of like 10 points. Right. If you're looking at people on the left that would be, I guess, more socialist leaning, you know, they'll just be like, ah, more people power, right? I mean, that's the concept of socialism and communism. People power it never actually works out that way, as we know. But and then you have straight on paper, Dan. Then you have uh you have conservatives with the uh, you know, the trickle down stuff, um, which is becoming more and more rare. I think even most Republicans Look straight on paper though, Dan. Exactly. I think even most <laughs> Most Republicans are even starting to recognize, like, you know, trickle-down economics is definitely bullshit. Um, it was just maybe bullshit, like, six years ago. Now it's definitely bullshit. And then my, Thanks, big- Dick Cheney. my biggest problem is with libertarian fiscal policy sometimes. Because while I am, like, huge into free markets, this idea that libertarians and anarcho-capitalists have... That it's like, if we just let everything go and everything's, everything's based on free market, we'll fix everything. But they, never, the bread lines. they don't ever say how. 
You know what I'm saying? It's like because we've seen we've seen the good and the evil of capitalism since it's basically since its existence, even though it's it's relatively new. We've seen the good and the evil, right? We've seen uh, people be able to you know achieve the American dream and like you can build yourself up through capitalism. Like those are all great things. We want to see all those things, but the 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 part where libertarians they don't seem the part they don't seem to acknowledge is what we see today which is this crony capitalism when you have uh government embedded with capitalism um they they talk about it but they kind of gloss over it a lot in my view i mean there and there might be some libertarian thinkers that that do a better job of this and i just don't know about so honestly books whatever give me some recommendations i'd really like to read them um but they also don't they they don't acknowledge the point of capitalism where when all of that money makes its way to the top how how do you fairly redistribute it right it's always like well you just got to earn it it's like well how well the free market will figure that out well well how <laughs> you know it's it's never it's never really broken down into more understandable things and it's like with that i still don't want um perfect to be the enemy of the good Okay, I do still think that capitalism is the best system. Um, it absolutely is. And where I'll agree with libertarians is that we have to get government out of capitalism. And then I'm kind of more willing to see how it goes, kind of more willing to see how it works. So I mostly agree with the libertarian school of thought on economics. Um, but I just. But there's still got to be a couple of safeguards for yeah, people. You I know? don't think it's a 100% fix to just go, oh, 100, 100% free market. It's like we, people are assholes, right? They're going to figure out a way to scourge that system, and so you could. The so the argument would be from a libertarian would be to make it as decentralized as possible, to where if there was an asshole, as long as they weren't propped up by the government to protect themselves, like a Wells Fargo, the market would dictate just getting rid of the piece of shit. Right. The promotion of more competition. Yeah, is that's that's something that I I really do agree with with the libertarian. Yeah, like well, like in two thousand eight when the banking system failed, if it wasn't just made to where there was only four banks that had all of the fucking loans, and there was like let's say fifty or sixty banks, and then four banks went under, people would still get hurt, but it wouldn't be nearly as a catastrophe as it was if there was just four banks. Yeah, and I think the the, the that mean, the, the government bailed out, like they should have been able to fail, and then instead of giving them the money, give that money to the people that they like accosted through shady business dealings. Yeah, yeah. But so, now we just let millions of people lose their homes and gave all that money so they can keep rocking and rolling. It's a tiny government. That's what I think. Mean, I think we're all less. Yeah, much less. And way we, less. And and more government should be focused uh, at the bottom, at the municipal level. Right, it just mediating uh, for people, basically, like a third party. Because you know, libertarians will talk about how like they're like there there are third parties that are affected by transactions. You know, like for example, starting a coal mine in a city. If it was a complete free market, anyway, we can just start a coal mine anywhere. But there's going to be people whose water is affected, their property values. There's got to be a mediator to to try to mitigate those type of issues when that's that's where, where the government should be and that's it yeah and that's but that's where that's where you 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 kind of you still kind of have um 
an issue of not having enough safeguards because it's like, well, who's to prevent the biggest coal miner in the country from, from paying off the government? Paying off the government, like well, I mean, we already see that, right? Like we already know but, that already exists. We already know that's a thing in like this weird quasi legal way where you don't actually pay a politician; you just donate to their campaign fund. Somehow that's legal, but you know, obviously, if you give a politician actual physical dollars or kickbacks of any kind. Buy him a couple of dinners, get him picked up in a limo, and there might or might not be a prostitute in the limo. And yeah, all that kind of stuff. So Schmooze like, him and booze him. The, the, the big issue with libertarianism for me is like, you, you, you have all these great ideas on paper, and I agree with, I mean, I would say 85% or more of them, but you've never had a chance to put them in practice. And so right. it's really yeah, there's, I'm not going to give it a number, but there's just an exorbitant amount of... Uh, ideology with the libertarian party that just sounds like it would be a great idea and there's others that just try to out libertarian each other yeah it's like oh you know it's you know like roads like the whole roads thing like we don't need to pay taxes for roads someone will build them okay (laughs) just yeah just someone will build them (laughs) like it's like well if you want a thriving economy you need basic infrastructure that is available to everyone to take advantage of the free market. Predictions for 2023, Corey. Ah, okay. This is the fun one. I think this is going to be, we're going to revisit this, uh, this time next year for our final show of 2023. So I got a couple. Okay. Um, a simple one, just based on the data that we're seeing. I think inflation is going to continue to trend downward. I think gas prices are going to continue to trend a little downward. We're going to see that stuff kind of go down. Um, I think we're going to see a lot more skeletons getting pulled out of the closet in social media platforms. I think the Twitter files was a catalyst. Then we're going to start seeing some more shit. Like people are going to start turning over more rocks because they want to have the next story like the Twitter file. And we're going to start seeing it for like Facebook and Instagram. Well, Facebook and Instagram are the two of the same companies, but like YouTube. I think we're going to see more exposure and in return get more transparency. Because like if one more goes down like the Twitter files did, the one that's next in line is immediately going to try to circumvent that and then create more transparency for their algorithms and things like that, I feel like. That's my the, prediction. I think the only push... I have I have one little bit of pushback on that, on that last prediction, and that is the fact that this story was basically with the Twitter files was basically completely brushed under the rug by all of mainstream media. So this could go one of two ways for me, as you said that to me, which I find interesting. This could also, it could either just go away and like the Twitter files in three months, everybody forgets, nobody cares. And you'll have, you know, certain, you know, people with eggs as their, (laughs) as their Twitter profile picture going, Hey, remember the Twitter files in some kind of way, like they do with like Epstein's list. Um, Or, you could you could really start to see this transition in a in a more physical manifestation with new media right cuz you and i have yeah. talked about this we talked about this all through 2022 like nobody's watching cnn nobody's watching fox news nobody's watching msnbc like where are we going to get more siloed is that going to be are we going to see that shift from like starting to call more new media more mainstream stuff but at the same time i still i think we're seeing a lot of these new media folks start to become more like the mainstream um 
as much as I love them for a long time, I think Crystal and Sagar have become that a little bit. Now, they're not as gross and openly trying to cover things up for their own financial gain like CNN does, but you you do get that kind of... Um, that kind of, you know, mainstream, like, I really want to stay in the know with these politicians. Like, I, I, I don't want Ro Khanna to go away because I said something shitty about him. I want to be able to have him on my show. And we're starting to see a little bit more of that. So I'm interested to kind of see where that goes. Yeah, that's fair. But I think that was their mission ultimately, wasn't it? To kind of be like an alternative to like a news outlet. Yeah, but they op- they openly said it was supposed to be more transparent and more honest. And I still think it is. Don't get me wrong. I still think they are, but you're you're starting to see like a little bit more of that ass kissiness. You know, that like of, you know, I, I want to make sure we're able to talk to I don't know, fucking HR McMasters and, <laughs> and uh right. whoever. Ro Khanna is the is their big one. Um and and you ba- you ha- you kind of have to kiss these people's asses if you if you want to continue to have them on your show. And then I think you had a good one. What was the one you brought up the other day? It was... Uh... I got you. Go ahead. Take that sip. How's that taste? Yeah, take a nice sip of this. Uh, you know what's funny is I normally <laughs> I normally have this wild turkey rare breed with a block of ice. It's one of the few bourbons, or it's actually, this is a rye that I enjoy with ice. I forgot the ice today, and I'm thoroughly enjoying it uh, almost as much as normal. Oh, um, boy. The Manhattan you made the other day was pretty good. Ah, the Mammoth Manhattan. You will only get the Mammoth Manhattan from Mammoth Distilling uh, in the Traverse City area or in my basement because I have all the ingredients. Drink it way too quick. And then Dan took advantage of me. In pool. <laughs> in pool. In pool. That could also, get your minds out of the gutter. That could also be a euphemism. He took advantage of me in I, the pool. I don't know if you can see, but I, I actually do have a <laughs> table right back here. <laughs> it's there somewhere in the deep darkness. Uh, we, we had to play in the dark too, and I think that's one of Dan's advantages. He's a uh, lizard person; he can see in the dark. Good. I'm not even that good. I'm even just making a, all this shit up. Pool. Predictions for 2023: We find out Dan's a shapeshifter. My prediction for 2023 is, if not the death of, the start of the death of wokeism. Uh, hey, and, vegan. And the reason I say that is because I think we're already seeing. You know, kind of the start of it. I, we're already seeing um, more and more call. You know, you remember the term? It kind of went away over the last like six months. Remember the term "call out culture"? Like that was a big part of racism. Yeah. Just constantly silence is out. compliance. I think we're. I think we're seeing. We're seeing a lot more of call out culture of the call out culturists. I guess you could say, and we're seeing a lot more of this like eating of the head. Uh, you know, the the snake eating. The head of the snake eating the tail of the snake when it comes when it comes to wokeism. Like I, I'm as I'm sleuthing through Twitter, I'm seeing a lot more of these like social justice warriors that are getting called out for just you know, wrong think at some point. And they're like, they're doing this thing where they're trying to walk on eggshells and they're trying to apologize and they're trying to go, What could I have done better? I don't really know what I did. Right. It's and, like, oh, wait a minute, we've all we're all human and valuable. We've all made mistakes at one point or the other. But and the maybe thing we is, should Corey, cut each other a little bit of slack. If you pay attention to these feeds, they never, ever get redeemed. Like there is no way to be redeemed. No matter how many times you apologize, no matter how many I mean, even if you legitimately said something wrong, right? Like, if you went on Twitter and actually tweeted the N-word, right? There is absolutely no way 
that you could be you could ever come back from that if even if you did it back in like 2010 and you were quoting song lyrics there's absolutely no way back from it there's no redemption that you could ever possibly have and it's weird too because like you have to actually be physically called out for it in the first place because like or you could just get this habit to slip right by like my god i just i saw a post i made from about 10 years ago me and my wife we were in our apartment and i could tell that we were probably hammered because that's what we did 10 years ago we just got drunk all the time and she's sitting there with just leaning on the couch with a bowl of uh mac and cheese and there's a song by buster rhymes called i love my bitch (laughs) and there's a line in it that says uh if I had to skip town, she would hold a stash for an N-word. Mm-hmm. And I made that the caption to the song, but I spelt it uh, N-I-G-G-U-H. But like, I just thought I was like, yeah, she would. You know, that's, that's what she would do for me. And like now, like, it's like, oof, you know, like, my skin's a little bit too white to do that. <laughs> but then it's like, ah, but then it's like, I don't know, it's like, white. At the same time, like people are putting up these shields from embracing other cultures. That's the thing is, Corey. When like, it's not like I was using it, like I was using it as a term of endearment in a sense. Clearly, clearly, but clearly, you were just having fun with your wife. But it's something that could just end my life. The call out culture uh, rationale behind calling you out on that would be like there's there is subconscious, deep seated racism somewhere in you. That would cause you to actually use that word, even even in that okay. context. Even though I dislike the song and I like Buster Rhymes, right? Yeah, it's uh, so like that's. But now, like now, I wouldn't do it because I know that there would be someone that it might offend, and I'm just a little bit more conscious of that. Yeah, you're a grown man. You're a grown man, yeah. and we did. We never expected when when we first started. I don't know, tweeting or posting on Facebook or MySpace back in the day, right? We never ever expected that social media would turn into what it has become. That quoting song lyrics. Yeah, that quoting song lyrics at some point. And your career and your life and this and that. Would get you, you know, busted for either being a racist or, you know, toxic. But that might be something that came positive out of it, you know, like the moral compass. Everyone's a little bit more conscious of what they say, and that's always a good thing. Well, that's what I think. That's what I think we're going to see when I say my prediction for 2023 is at least the beginning of the end of wokeism. It's going to revert back to a thing of like, yet, yeah, like, don't be an asshole. Like, obviously berating, um, you know, berating a, a minority, whether, whether they're black, Asian, you know, uh, Hispanic, whatever, and using a slur to berate them because you're pissed at them for some reason. Yeah, you're being a fucking racist. Like that is. Yeah, you're a racist you're, asshole. Don't you, do that. Like you're you're being an asshole. But this this whole this whole idea of like, I think even people that are involved in that culture are they're they're getting to this point where, um, you know, because I I talked to somebody you know a couple weeks ago who's who's like kind of given up on, you know. I guess you could say woke culture. They they just got so tired of all day, every day, being so stressed out about what words come out of my mouth today. You know what I mean? Like, like it's it's like it's it's gotten to this point where you have to be aware of every single word or phrase or like what am I out of the loop on a word or a phrase that's offensive today that wasn't last week? 
I just thought of this as kind of funny since we're talking about the end of wokeism. If you go and play Warzone or <laughs> Modern Warfare 2, now that it has the proximity chat, mm-hmm. which is great. If you go on TikTok and just look up hashtag proximity chat, people that are just fucking with each other because they can actually hear each other. You go listen to some proximity chats. Wokeism was never even a thing. Like, <laughs> it's the same shit it was isn't it wasn't, 10, 15 years ago. Wouldn't you consider gamer culture kind of like a reprieve from wokeism? It was like a place where like, especially boys could go and just be themselves. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, girls too, because it's funny because you see girls out there doing the same shit. Yeah. Shit talking. Yeah. Just mad shit talking, dude. Like I... I haven't actually had to like run the gamut of shit talking in a while until today. And goddamn, I'm still pretty proud of my <laughs> of being able to run my mouth when I need to to talk trash <laughs> to someone. Yeah, it's a nice reprieve because you got it when you go to work every day, you got to watch every word that comes out of your mouth. Yeah, someone called me uh, the F word because I killed him. And I was like, well, my sexual orientation has nothing to do with the fact that I just spanked that ass. <laughs> and he had this southern accent. And he just kept saying I'm, sur- stuff I'm, I'm surprised you'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those, but, and I'm rock hard for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I went in on him and I was like, you know, what did I say? Because he was, he had this southern accent and he immediately went to just using, uh, like, making fun of like my orientation even though i'm clearly like well he doesn't know me from adam but it's right, like right, right, right. i have a wife and a kid but he he used he used the uh the the gay slur that begins with an f like we yeah and then you so know what i did because he had a southern accent i immediately made fun of him banging his sister you know what I mean? like, there you go yeah like, yeah I, so he used it the way but, we used to use it back in high school for everyone right god I can't and then believe, i just can't believe that was a thing I know. But that's, <laughs> reading that books, so interesting. Is like reading books made you gay. You, you not reading funny? books made you gay. I didn't. Like, I didn't need wokeism to emerge to teach me to fucking grow up and stop calling people that word. You know what I mean? Like it's just kids say shitty things to each other. They don't realize why they're bad. They do it because all of their whole friend group does it. It's all it's all a peer pressure thing. And then like you get into college or you get into like like if I had gone to college, right, in two thousand seven, if I had like gone to university, I graduated in two thousand six, and I had like gone around and like uh played pool and like beat somebody and be like, Oh, I got you this time, faggot. Like all of the people at that pool hall would be like Really, dude? Like we're still using. You know what I mean? Like you, you, you just you get into a new phase of life, and you realize that, like, oh wow, I was definitely an asshole when I, when right. I was sixteen, and everybody right. goes through that. Like we don't need call out culture and uh, to 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 affect that change. It just happens naturally as you as you mature, right? And then I had a uh, a prediction for twenty twenty three. That's actually kind of like depressing Uh oh um my prediction is going to be that the government is going to continue to use COVID 19 tech to expand on global surveillance that's already happening at various places right but world. i think it's gonna yeah. just get knocked up more not just in america but like especially authoritarian countries like china and iran and russia and all that because like I have this article in front of me right now from the AP, and it says police seize on COVID nineteen tech to expand global surveillance. And I'm not going to go through the whole article, but there's one part that I thought was interesting. 
It's for more than a year, AP journalists interviewed sources and poured over thousands of documents to trace how technologies marketed to flatten the curb were put to other uses, just as the balance between privacy and national security shifted after the 9-11 terrorist attacks. COVID-19 has given officials justification to embed tracking tools in society that have that have lasted long after lockdowns. So they just, you know, they just created a bunch of backdoors for people to circumvent law and track you. So I think that's something that we're going to see a lot more of in 2023. We're probably not going to hear much about it because like, it's not going to be anything that's big, but it's something that's going to happen. But like, that's a super, uh, if, if we do start to see it, and I think you're right because I think we've already kind of started to see it. Um, the thing that concerns me is if that technology somehow kind of makes its way under the radar at home, like domestically in the United States, my concern is that people are going to let it happen. Um, and I think one of the things, and one of the reasons I think you and I even started this show was to talk about recognizing ways in which the government is making your life more dystopian. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's one thing that we didn't cover enough. I think we need to get more into uh, the off the beaten path stories that aren't as like sexy or as much as like knee jerking. Yeah, and you have to. But, yeah, go ahead. And but they're still very important to talk about. And I think you and I have a pretty good uh, chemistry to where we can actually make topics that are pretty mundane and boring interesting. Yeah. I had someone actually say that to me the other day. They're like, "I don't even like politics, but I listen to your show." <laughs> and I was like, "Well, thanks, man. You know, that makes me feel good." Well, you and you have to find you have to find humor and everything, including the dystopian nightmare that maybe. Uh, Maybe, maybe we're looking forward to. And and I just, I really, really hope as we go into 2023, um, I think it is basically safe to say at this point, who knows, might turn around, like COVID madness is officially over. Um, most Americans have woken up to it. I, you know, I still see masks here and there. I mean, you know, it's funny actually. It's like COVID madness is pretty much over here in all of Western society, but like China is just now starting to see like their shit hit the fan. Yeah, and that's my to point. the point to the point where uh, I think I mentioned to you yesterday that uh, America is now saying that we that people can only come here from China if they have a negative test. Which and is, that's fine, but when Trump did it, it was racist. Yeah, when yeah, when Trump tried to and when Trump tried to lock down the Arabic nations, yeah, yeah, and it's, I, I understand that was for different reasons. But it's like, <laughs> it's the same thing. <coughs> Republicans make me farty. <laughs> I don't know what that means. But. I don't know what it means, but it just like I just it, it sounded funny. Yeah, <laughs> they give you gas. Like yeah, they. they are they they make your stomach you, hurt. They're forcing you to eat too many carbs. Dude, I, yeah, there's I plenty of Republicans that make my stomach hurt. Sugandes. I absolutely agree. Democrats too. Yeah, but Democrats too. That's there. We go back already to our hypocritical. <laughs> no, it's just you know, it's two wings of the same bird. They're you know. politicians make me farty. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, uh, but yeah, that, that was just that was what I was going to say with regards to um, you know, uh, COVID policy is like, can we? I, my my biggest fear, and I hope I'm proved wrong about this in 2023, is that like we are just not going to recognize collectively what the fuck just happened to us, and how right. we were completely gaslit. I mean, everyone, everyone, the whole globe was gaslit, 
And I already know what the um, what the comeback to that will be. Well, you know, the next virus might really be deadly. Well, look at monkeypox. It was just a little, just poof, you know. I think that it showed a little bit more competence in the response to that versus COVID. Well, it wasn't nearly as virulent as as COVID. No, but it was way more virulent. virulent. Yeah, you got it. However you say the fucking word, just words, you know. But... Uh, but like compared to what it typically was, because it wasn't a new virus, but it was one that like emerged and it was like spreading almost like an STD. What I think, I think the lesson that needs to be learned is like if there's a pandemic of a virus that is legitimately going to kill us all, then we're me, you and I are dead. It's anyways. going to kill us all. Like the like the lockdown shit doesn't work. We know this. No, it never yeah. has historically. It's never worked. Um, in fact, all it does is if it turns out that the virus you know, isn't going to be a global killer. Now you've fucked everything else up. So you, you know what I mean? You, you might as well, yeah. you, you're screwed. You, you, you know, so hopefully we, we don't have to deal with that in our lifetimes or our children's lifetimes or our grandchildren's lifetimes. But I just don't want what happened with regards to turning into a police state. And I'm not just talking about America. I'm talking about basically the entire West. And then obviously what happened with China it doesn't work. It puts us behind the eight ball. It yeah, we had internment camps in it Australia. Hurts, it hurts everyone. Um, so I just want that to be a big recognition as we put COVID behind us. Like, pay attention to what the fuck just happened. Because we were all gaslit. And you bought it, Corey, for at least a little bit. I know I did. Everybody did. Like, nobody's nobody's innocent of buying into the nonsense. And, like, I've said it. You've said it. Those first couple of weeks, God damn it, we've never been through anything like this before. You know, shut everything down. It kind of made sense then. It was okay, uh, but my God, but there was no pivot, dude, and that's yeah, where we but were. By at. The, by that's the where time, I got frustrated. Where was the pivot? What's next? You can't just keep locking people down. By the time we got to the fall of 2020, we already had a lot of data, especially coming out of Italy, and we couldn't let it go. And and like realize what just happened. Like that is yeah. what that is what the, the 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 lower end of a police state looks like, and that's that's really what it was. It was kind of like a quasi, you know, uh, low level police state is what we had in the United States for yeah. Know, and I think it just goes years. to show that you can't put your faith in the government because the government didn't know what the fuck to do. They just went, all right, everyone just stand the fuck home while we figure this shit out. Right, and we were all like, oh, okay, you know, sweet, two weeks off, three weeks off, four weeks off, six weeks, month, year. So that's the, well, that's the hey dudes, Rando raid. <laughs> We're getting raided. We got a Twitch raid going here. Uh, yeah. So I mean, it's it's a shame that this happened at this. Yeah. Point. Uh, anything else? Butter knives. Uh, Dan actually just said that he goes. Same thing happened with the Spanish flu. It's like yeah, it did. They yeah. could- Learn the lessons. Learn the lessons. It doesn't. It doesn't help. Um. I don't know. Do you have anything you wanted to close out with now that we're getting raided on Twitch just in time for the end of the goddamn show? Just in time for the end of the show. Well, we have uh, a plan to make ourselves. Other than to tell people that we broadcast uh, every Thursday. Every Thursday, yeah. At 730. (laughs) So come join us uh, next week. (coughs) Oh, COVID. You got COVID. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Libservative Podcast is found on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is libservativeshow.com. We can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Instagram and Twitter, Libservative Pod. You can find our monologues at libservativepodcast.wordpress.com. Our TikTok videos can be found at Libservative Podcast. And you can reach out directly at libservativepod at gmail.com. Subscribe today. Um, actually, 
Oh, we, did we a, didn't we, talk about this, did we? How do how do we plan to make ourselves better in 2023? Just in time for a Twitch raid, we're gonna get we're we're gonna break out the psychology. <laughs> right. So I actually I'm gonna share this. Maybe maybe because the guy said pay it forward. Absolutely, real mighty Joe. Um maybe it's because the guy has the same name as me. <laughs> but I don't know. Um so right here, this guy, he was just talking about how he spent, um, he meditated 15 hours a day for 16 months or for six months straight with one of the toughest Buddhist monks on the planet. And Sayada Pandita, he just, he's this monk, but he has these takeaways. And I think these are just things that would just be good for everyone. And I figure a good way to kick off the new year. Finding your true self is an act of love. Expressing it is an act of rebellion. A sign of growth is having more tolerance for discomfort, but it's also having less tolerance for bullshit. Who you are is not your fault, but it is your responsibility. Desires that arise in agitation are more aligned with your ego. Desires that arise in stillness are more aligned with your soul. Procrastination is the refusal or inability to be with difficult emotions. The moment before letting go is often when we grip the hardest. You don't find your ground by looking for stability. You find your ground by relaxing into instability. What you hate, hate most in others is usually what you hate most in yourself. The biggest life hack is becoming your own best friend. Everything is easier when you do. The more comfortable you become in your own skin, the less you need to manu manufacture the world around your comfort. An interesting thing happens when you start to like yourself. You no longer need all the things you thought you needed to be happy. If you don't train your mind to appreciate what is good, you'll continue to look for something better in the future, even when things are great. The belief that there is some future moment more worth our worth the belief that there is some future moment more worth our presence than the one we're in right now is why we miss our lives. Can I talk about can I talk about number 12 for a second? Can you go back? Is that that yeah. was that was the one that really caught me. If you don't train your mind to appreciate what is good, you'll continue to look for something better. That is the epitome of like everything that I'm looking for going into 2023. Stop allowing the perfect to be the enemy of the good because that is what that says to me right there. I think that is that is like the number one problem that we see with our society. I think that's the issue with why wokeism has taken such this 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 incredible root. Like it's not enough to just not be racist. You have to be anti-racist. Like not being right. not being racist is the good. Uh being anti-racist is the perfect. Don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Right. Like Mighty Joe said, that is a big one. Be here now. <clears throat> Just be present. Be fucking present. It's one thing that I really try to do. Like whenever I'm even doing something trivial, take a breath and then just think about how in that moment, even if you're not doing something you're enjoying, you're enjoying being in that moment because you're alive, you're healthy, you know, you're content. You know, you're typically like the the temperature in the room is probably okay. You know what I mean? Just the little things that just just be aware and present of the moment. I think that's a lot. Of, you know, as you uh, like Marissa and I are trying to be a little bit. This isn't like a New Year's resolution thing. We're trying to be just just a little bit healthier. Like in the past, I used to be like, all right, I have this goal of like I'm gonna put on 14 pounds of muscle in the next six months. Hell yeah, and brother! It was like this whole like big, this whole like big undertaking of like you know I'm gonna lose 
12 pounds of fat put on 16 pounds of muscle and it's like i've i've do totally, you have any fat in your body Dan? oh i dude i do you it's i just really i i wear it well i guess is what i would say <laughs> but, <laughs> but now what that now uh that was now it's more just like that? it's instead of doing that it's just like listening to my body you know it's like okay i wake up in the morning okay how well did i sleep you know, how alert do I feel? How well do I feel midday? How do I feel after I eat, you know, this shitty thing? Uh, you know, I just ate this pizza for lunch and holy fuck, I want to take a nap at 3.30 p.m. It's like, instead of just like ignoring that and taking the nap, like I'll still take the nap, but I'll be like, okay, maybe I shouldn't eat pizza for lunch anymore, you know, or may, or at least make it an every once in a while thing. Like just being present and listening to your own body and being like, what makes me feel good instead of like worrying about what I look like in the mirror. Like I'm getting married next October. Who the fuck am I trying to impress besides my future wife? So like, it's just more about me. Yeah, that's true. I want you to think I'm sexy. Uh, (laughs) It's more about just like how I feel as opposed to like what I see in the mirror, if that makes sense. Right. And like, yeah, like, like my Jonas said, he wants to abide more in 2023. Yeah. Just being accepted. The dude. Like, what is that? What is that? Uh, I don't know, Dan, you've been to all the AA meetings. Uh, <laughs> as, as I'm about to pour a fucking... <laughs> no, what is it? Uh, being acceptance, uh, being acceptive of the things I can't change. Or I don't know. This, I don't know what the been, hell they are. I didn't pay attention in AA. You're just wasted the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> um, there is no set of conditions that leads to lasting happiness. Lasting happiness doesn't come from conditions, but from learning to flow with conditions. We often need to get out of alignment with the rest of the world and get back into alignment with ourselves. Real confidence looks like humility. You no longer need to advertise your value because it comes from a place that does not require the validation of others. Negative thoughts will not manifest a negative life, but unconscious negative thoughts will. I like that one. Mm -hmm. I'm constantly trying to rewire through some cognitive behavioral therapy in my brain of just trying to refocus like where my attentions go. And not like just unconsciously think, well, this sucks. <laughs> Bullying yourself into alignment does not work. You must befriend yourself to transcend yourself. There are three layers to a moment. Your experience, your awareness of the experiment, experience, and your story about the experience. Be mindful of the story. Your mind doesn't wander. It moves towards what it finds most interesting. To improve focus, become curious about what's in front of you. That's a big one just about awareness. Just being in the moment. Present. Life continues whether you pay attention to it or not. I think it's why the passage of time is so scary. High pain tolerance is a double-edged sword. It's key for self-control, but can cause us to override the pain of being out of alignment. Peak experiences are fun, but you always have to come back. Learning to appreciate ordinary moments is the key to fulfilling life. That's a good one because I constantly use that like uh, an example of that. And what I typically tell people is like recreational drugs, anything like that, is like camping they're fun it's great experience but if you're camping all the time you're not camping you're homeless Mm -hmm. and the same thing can happen if you use too many recreational drugs and there's a point it's all about balance and then uh you cannot practice non-attachment you can only show your mind the suffering attachment creates when the mind sees this clearly it will let go meditation can easily become suppression don't use concentration to avoid what is uncomfortable and meditation is not about feeling good. It's about feeling what you're feeling with good and awareness. Plot twist. Eventually, that makes you feel good. 
Some of the deepest peace we can experience in life is it can experience is living in integrity. You can lie to other people about who you are, but you cannot lie to your heart. Be careful not to let the noise of your mind overpower the whispers of your heart. Life is always happening in just one moment. That's all you're responsible for. And then he said, lo- monks love to fart while they meditate. The wisdom of letting go is expressed in many forms. Oh my God, dude, that's so true. Because I've started I've started to get back into like a little bit of farting? My, my yoga practice. Let me get there. I fart all the time. <laughs> When I'm doing yoga, especially in the downward, hey, moving dog. all that shit around, yeah. especially in that downward dog position, like your ass is just in the air and your your butthole is just gaping. So like whatever's in there is coming out. So you got to make sure life hack wisdom do the shit work first. And that so that's just I thought those were just interesting things to end the year out. I dig um, it, man. And that wasn't like because I don't believe in New Year's resolutions because like they're bound to be broken. But like I think it's good to reflect on the year and reflect on, you know, what are some things you can do. It doesn't mean like January first you have to like I want Farting to is to liberate the wind god. I like that. So good. Yeah. There's nothing <laughs> there's not a much better fit. I have I have always stood under the school of thought that every single body bodily release feels fantastic. Whether you're talking about taking a piss, taking a shit, vomiting, or having an orgasm. Yeah, every it goes single, together like a piss and a fart. Every single bodily release feels good. So my uh, my New Year's resolution is the same one it is every year, and so far I've been hitting it out of the park with straight fucking home runs, and it's just to not die. <laughs> and so far, so good. Every year, I nail it. it me and of- not scream like a bitch when I get shampoo in my eyes, but that one's always typically out the window, like a weekend. <laughs> Stop getting shampoo in your eyes. That should be the New Year's resolution. I'm not going to get shampoo in my You know the last time I've had shampoo in my eyes? You don't even have long hair. <laughs> what are you talking about? I got a beard, man. Uh, yeah, well, don't so what, you don't fucking your, just try to shame me and question my shampoo <laughs> techniques. How often are you getting shampoo in your eyes? More than, more than once, less than 100. <laughs> Close your eyes while you're washing your hair. Your, but then I can't see what I'm doing. Did your mom teach you how to wash your hair when you were a boy? <laughs> I'm just fucking kidding. <laughs> Ooh, so my, uh, Mighty Joe says he likes Collins, and you know what? We're gonna have to check out your show. We might yeah, be able to do some sort of collab because that'll be a. Uh, be a we're always down to... to have guests on and stuff like that, and stuff like this I find really interesting too. Is like natural medicine, yoga, martial arts, um, just mindfulness meditation and all that stuff i try i don't meditate nearly as much as i should but i would like to do that more i guess that is a new year's resolution i'd like to definitely meditate more there my meditation go. word dan is presence and i just clear my mind and anytime anything pops in i just say present and shout it down and just try to get my mind to be completely just still because you, you meditate it, and i'll just stare at you yeah time. because because with, with add my mind is just constantly constantly just fucking at 110 miles an hour just speeding <laughs> i know i know i've been around you been around you multiple times that's when i feed you a beverage and say sit yeah, down. the alcohol slows it down a tiny bit anyway i think you already told the people where they could find us but we went into a like a deep little trance there uh again tell the people where they can find us one more time and then uh, we'll say goodbye to 2022 all right Oh, God damn it. What the fuck is going on here? See, I accidentally opened lost FaceTime. Your chi. And there goes my presence. There goes my mindfulness. Just straight yeah, out the really. goddamn window. Libservative Podcast is found on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is libservativeshow.com. We can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Instagram and Twitter is at Libservative Pod. 
You can find our monologues at libservativepodcast.wordpress.com. Our TikTok videos can be found at libservativepodcast. And you can reach out directly at libservativepod at gmail.com. That is our New Year's resolution as a show, is to put out more of that style of content rather than just doing this podcast. That is, Corey and I have already discussed this, so look for more out of us in 2023. A little bit more creative. And yes, Real Mighty Joe, our Twitter is... Uh, at libservativepod. At libservativepod. We need to use our Twitter more too. I try. I don't have time for you know, this stuff. I'm trying to. I'm I'm always posting on the Instagram because it's just an easy little hack where I can just have it post to Instagram and Facebook, so it covers two platforms at once. But I need to get more engagement on uh, Twitter and uh, TikTok. Telling people about our show prep. Uh, anyway, until uh, until next year, Corey. Until next year, I'll see you next year, Dan. He's been Corey Walsh. And he's been Dan Griffin. He's been Libservative. And we are... Wait, 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 wait! Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> we... Oh, wait, fuck the banner. The banner! <laughs> we are out of here! We the people cannot end that.